Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. from the Field of Dreams games involving both the Cubs and the White Sox there in Iowa. And you're wondering, why is Spiegel playing Field of Dreams games highlights on Sunday morning, July 9th, on The Score? What are you doing? Well, on the phone lines, I'm lucky enough to have Dan Evans, who joins us right now on The Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan is, among other things the chief operating officer of the Field of Dreams movie site, and he joins us now on The Score. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm well, Matt. Thanks for having me, and thanks for having interest in our Sabre convention and uh, the Field of Dreams. Yeah, I mean, this is why Dan's in town, and I assume you're calling from over at the Palmer House uh, there. where Yeah, where, where the Sabre, the Society of American Baseball, Society for American Baseball Research, is wrapping up its 51st convention. I was lucky enough to be there the other day and see Mike Veck, the son of Bill and the longtime owner of the St. Paul Saints, um, give an incredible presentation. But, I mean, overall, just an amazingly impressive lineup of speakers, and what a cool thing to finally see for me the other day. So um, congrats on uh, on what seems to have been a great event here in Chicago, Dan. Yeah, we had a lot of fun, got to a game, saw Ozzy, Vec, Jason Benetti, saw Lass Comiskey. We had Matt, we had 
over 80 different events off the baseball buffet here at the Palmer House, so it was a lot of fun. That's really, really cool, and I would recommend that everybody go to saber.org and check it out. And I've got a couple of books on hand now that um, that I want to delve into because it's interesting. Like uh, Anybody within the society, it, it, they can possibly contribute to a book or a presentation at the convention if they – if they want to research something and write it, is that is that basically true, Dan? Absolutely. And Matt, the Chicago chapter is vibrant. So as a result, you can go to their meetings, their virtuals, um, and you can do some great things. I'm on the board of directors of Sabre, and we encourage member participation, precipitation. So as a result, you can be as active as and engaged as you want to be, or you can just sit back and feed from the baseball buffet. <laughs> there you go. Uh, outstanding. Outstanding. Um, well, let me let me get to the Field of Dreams stuff, because as I met you uh, in the hallway the other day at the Palmer House and we were talking, I, I shared with you just how incredible the experience was that I had being able to be there for the Cubs and the Reds. My my son was just absolutely loving the entire day, as was I and my wife, and of course the movie site and everything. But just the game itself was so intimate and so cool. Um, and then I had heard that you guys were closing down for a couple of years and doing this uh, some development, putting up a bunch of new fields. And I was afraid that it was gonna that the project, frankly, might damage the intimacy and the excellence of the place for MLB events or otherwise. And I was thrilled to hear you describe what actually is taking place. So give our listeners that background, if you would, on what the plan is going to be. Well, you start with the very epicenter of what is in Dyersville, Iowa, which is the Field of Dreams movie site. It'll be our 35th year since the movie next year. We will completely preserve the site. I mean, Frank Thomas and I, Frank's the CEO, I'm the COO. And um, as a result, our preservation of the Field of Dreams movie site is priority number one. We will never do anything to harm it. What we're doing is we're building around it and like 40 to 80 acres away, we're adding a nine field softball baseball complex It'll be, for me, the mecca of softball and baseball in the United States, perhaps the world, um, where we can bring youth in and play baseball and get better at the game, have a very competitive environment, yet fun as heck. And then we're building a stadium, which will house future big league games, future collegiate events, concerts, um, conventions. There's all sorts of things we'll be able to do. They will coincide. They'll both be ready in the spring of 2025. But in the meantime, Matt, we have almost a half million people visit us every year, and their experience will be absolutely unchanged, uncompromised. I think everybody comes to the Field of Dreams for their own reason. They come to play catch, hang out, um, remember a loved one, just come back and chill out a little bit. And from Chicago, it's three, three and a half hours. So what we don't want to do is harm that experience in any way. We want to enhance it in 2025 and we'll achieve that goal. See, that, and the fact that you're thinking about all of that is really is really nice. And as you were telling me the other day, this new stadium, when it is built, um, 
will still be, will still have that intimate feeling and will still have kind of endless vistas? Because that's part of the magic, as you know, being there, Dan, is like looking off into the distance and really just seeing corn, just seeing corn and some trees and then the sun or the moon. Good job getting the the full moon the way you did that night for the Cubs. That was well-timed by you. Um, but like, so so it, it it feels important from an experiential standpoint that that feeling of endlessness will remain. Well, and it's imperative. It's priority number one for us. Our architects, uh, RDG of USA, is are Iowa-based, and they're all baseball fans and Iowans. They get it. We've been around people, all of us have, that you know that somebody gets it, and we talk to a lot of firms about doing this, and their goal was always to maintain and preserve the Field of Dreams experience. So when you talk about vistas, views, we will actually enhance those views even further for the fans and you know everybody listening right now, those two ballparks that the Cubbies and the White Sox won on, those are temporary venues and they were temporary stands and Major League Baseball populous band productions did a great job. What we're gonna do is take it a step further, build a sixty five million dollar stadium that's a ballpark. It will never be called a stadium. Frank and I are adamant about that. As a result, we'll have a spectacular venue that'll even be a better fan experience and somewhere that not just the game can be played every year, but 60 to 75 events a year to really give people the fulfilled the dreams experience. That's great. That's great. I'm talking to Dan Evans, the COO of uh, the field of dreams movie site, among many other things, Dan, part of five different MLB organizations over the last yes. 30 years. I have that right. Yeah, and they're still standing, which is the best part about it, Matt. <laughs> I didn't mess them up too much, but I was lucky. I got to work for five great organizations, including the two in this city. So it's really wonderful. Yeah, uh, and I want to get to some of that. But but um, but one more question about the Field of Dreams. I see that next year MLB is playing a game at Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama, which is awesome. So an old Negro League's field and a site because part of the 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 feeling when when i was there at the field of dreams came back the next day and was like my goodness baseball needs to play at these creative venues more often like find a way i think it's a brilliant way to market the game and so do we know for sure that mlb will be coming back i hope they will be coming back on the regular once your site is built well we're in we're in negotiations with them right now they've been incredibly supportive and positive highly interactive and collaborative, so real good. And regarding Rickwood, you know, for White Sox fans, Birmingham's been the minor league double-A affiliate of the White Sox since I was there in 1984-85. And as a result, you know, I went to Rickwood Field a great deal before it closed down. It has so much history. I saw so many of our players go through there. So as a result, I'm excited as heck that Rickwood's going to have their opportunity to be on stage in 24. It'll be a fabulous experience. Lane Tech High School graduate Dan Evans <laughs> is with us here on 670 The Score. Um, I mean, this is probably the only place where we lead with that, you know, as, 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 as part of the bio. Do you play baseball at Lane Tech, Dan? I did. I did. And I got a chance to go to DePaul University, too. So I... I matriculated in two places about three miles from each other. Coming back here, Matt, is so darn special because I, I, this is home. You know, I grew up on the north side of Lincoln Square. So for me to be here, 
around my high school, around my college. It's it's just really an amazing experience. And then you're with the White Sox when in successive years they drafted. I may have the order wrong, but I know it's Frank Thomas and Jack McDowell and Alex Gonzalez um, and Robin Ventura. Is that four straight number one picks? Dan? Yep, we have four picks in a row, and we, we thanks to our staff, we did a great job, and we we nailed four studs in a row, and it was part of the turnaround of the franchise in the late 80s. Yeah, so the draft is tonight. What did you learn from those years of excellent drafting that you carried on to your time with the Dodgers and, and the Blue Jays and more? Character, makeup, uh, passion for the game, a love of the sport, being a good teammate, it's actually more important than talent itself. If you think about those four guys who White Sox fans and baseball fans know well, you know, all four of them, Jack, Robin, Frank, Alex, they are all com- real passionate players with a lot of talent, had great makeup. That's why we won. Man, I, I, I believe in that so firmly about all the sports that I cover, but even more so baseball because the failure in baseball and the mental and emotional challenge is unlike anything else. That that character still means the world, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, Matt. And I, I tell you what, I teach a class for sports management worldwide, and what I always push the kids about baseball is we have so much adversity, and we, we play twice as many games as anyone else. So not only is it a failure-based sport, but it's compounded by the number of times you actually fail. You know, in football, you get a week off. Basketball, you get two, three days off. Baseball, you're playing the next day or sometimes later in the same day. So if you can't handle adversity, can't cope with failure, you can't play this game. And, I, you know, as a matter of fact, I think most players don't fail because their talent didn't get them there. I think most players fail because the game just absolutely suffocated them and they weren't able to succeed. I said Alex Gonzalez, and I meant Alex Fernandez, of course, so mm-hmm. I, I apologize uh, about that. Um, so it's interesting. Yes, you're teaching for sports management worldwide. As you, as you watch the game today, um, what do you see that, that some teams failed to do? from a front office perspective uh, these days? because And I know things have changed. Like, it's more acceptable now to kind of openly tank and not prioritize winning on the big league level and try to build it back up. But teams seem to be getting that process uh, wrong along the way as well. Yeah, and I'm not a proponent of that. I think if you're talented, if you have a good front office, you shouldn't have to do that. I think the game has really remained unchanged. You have to build from within you have to have a player development system that enables you to make trades and also supplements your big league roster. And I think the other thing, Matt, is when it comes to spending, it's not how much, it's on who. You know, you can spend a lot of money. The Rockies are an example. They spent a bunch of money on Chris Bryant, and it just hasn't worked. And other teams this year spend a lot of money, and they're sub-500. It's, it's putting together a nucleus that is self-sustaining and supplementing it with your own prospects, your own scouted players, and then making trades to add what you don't have. And I think from a fan base standpoint, fans don't want a transient core. They love to fall in love with a core and then follow that core through its duration. 
So I am not a very big fan of tanking. I'm a big fan of just basically reshuffling, putting the team together on an annual basis with a common theme, a common philosophy, a look to your ball club. I think people buy into that and people enjoy knowing kind of the personality of the franchise. You left the White Sox in 2000 to go to the Dodgers, um, but obviously still so connected, working with Frank as you do and friendly with Ozzy and and more. Have you been following their current situation much? I've got a very frustrated fan base that I talk to every day here, Dan. Well, absolutely. I grew up in Chicago. Dad was a Sox fan, Cubs fan for my mom. As a result, I can't help but follow the White Sox. I went Friday night, saw some just great friends that have been friends of mine since Heck, I was 20, 25 years old. I feel for the fans and I feel for the franchise. I know Pedro Grifol exceptionally well, having worked with him in Seattle. So I just think it's a frustrating year. It's not working the way it is. And uh, it frustrates me because I root for both Chicago teams to do well. I'm, I'm, a, I'm always going to be a guy who wants the Chicago teams to play well. But so far, the White Sox just, it's not working but Friday night, as usual, had a great time at the ballpark. Yeah, it's a beautiful night on Friday and a crazy back-and-forth game that the uh, White Sox ended up winning. It's it's hard for fans to, to feel positive and look forward because they don't believe that anybody from the outside will be brought in to make them smarter. The, the, the reshuffling will happen in the front office as well, uh, right? It, it's hard to imagine Jerry going outside the organization at this point. Well, that's for them to figure out, Matt, but I I will say this. It's obviously not working, and I think if I've learned anything in 40-plus years of the game, you you can't fool anybody by this time of the year. Your one-loss record states who you are. You know, there's a reason why people talk about some of the great comebacks in baseball history, but 99% of them, there was no comeback. And, you know, you are who you are usually at the All-Star break. There's very few exceptions and as a result you know where someone asked me it's obvious that uh, it's not working the way it's set up right now in Chicago and whether it's personnel decision makers that's not for me to decide but it's certainly it's certainly not working the way you'd like it to work right now in a division Matt that is a game over 500 for the first place team yeah so the bar is at an all-time low at the all-star game yet you look at the standings and it's very hard to envision them being a participant. I'm sad that I missed the trivia competition at the Sabre seminar. I, I, I pride myself in being decent at it. I probably would have got obliterated though, by some of the brains in that room. Wouldn't I have Dan? Matt, you know what? I'm great at trivia and I'm just a B plus in this group, but I will say this, the better thing that I did last night. Yeah. I had three-plus hours of opening baseball cards with 35 other members and just talking about the game and the players with cards dating back to 1986. It was one of the most fun nights I have ever had at a Sabre convention, and all we did was talk ball and not eat the gum. <laughs> what's, what's the best card you pulled, uh, Dan? I think that would be a push. It would be between a Ventura card, 
a Fergosi card and a Frank Thomas rookie card. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I was trading like heck, as you might imagine a former general manager would. But <laughs> I, uh, you know what I was doing, man? You'll appreciate this as a baseball savant like me. I was looking for guys that I really love as people. So I was trying to find um, cards from the last 40 years or so of guys I know. So, like, I got a Tom Seaver. Um, I got a Don Paul because I love Donnie Paul. And I was just accumulating people that I enjoyed being around over the course of my career. I've been very lucky, and I know it. So people are saying to me, you'll trade that card for him? And I'm like, yeah, because I don't care about the value of the card. I care about the relationship that's contained. So I made some bad trades last night. But my LaRusa card and some of the other cards, I'm happy as heck that I got them. Oh, my God, Dan. This is why you can't be a GM anymore at this point (laughs) in your life. I was the worst trader in the room last night, and I didn't care. As long as I got the guy I wanted, it was like giving up prospects. It was like, yeah, you want another one to make sure we do the deal? I got a Vladdy um, because I signed Vladdy with the Dodgers, and then the ownership nixed it. Oh, wow. So, so I'm obsessed with Vladdy. So I made sure I got Vladdy because I just figured this one doesn't matter. I didn't have to sign him to a five-year deal. <laughs> That's amazing. Now you're making me think of like when Bill Parcells would go somewhere and he'd bring Pepper Johnson and Keith Byers with him, no matter what. You know, you go out and and you get your guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's comfort level. I had a little popcorn, some deep dish pizza. It was a good it was a good Saturday night, Matt. And a couple friends of mine said, So, like, what else did you do? And I said, No, that's what I did with a bunch of guys and like I said, the Chicago chapter is vibrant. Jason Schwartz did a great job last night and Anybody who was in that group, oh, my God, were we having fun last night. Oh, God, it sounds so fun. So the other day, Bill Perch walks me over to Mark Armour um, of your Sabre group and says, yes. um, hey, Speaks, this is Mark Armour. I'm just going to start you guys. Go Red Sox. And so I look at Mark and I said, I'll lead with Denny Doyle. And he, ta- he talked to me about Denny Doyle as a 1975 trade acquisition. And I was struggling for the name because Denny Doyle played out of his mind for a couple of months in 75. And it's why, part of why they went to the World Series. The 1983 White Sox that you were a part of, it's Julio Cruz, right? You bet. One of the best trade deadline deals of all time. You'd never know it from the stats. Um, But, you know, Matt, here's an example. A lot of people that are on the periphery that don't really know think Sabre is a bunch of stat nerds, and that's all we are. And we're anything but. What we are are baseball nerds. We're just a bunch of people who love the game. We have over 40 committees, so whatever you like, yeah. you can get it at Sabre. But the fun thing is, whatever you like, there are people in the room who like it just as much or more than you. So whether it's a ballpark in Osaka, Japan, <laughs> women in baseball, um, the black Negro, you know, Negro League experience, uh, defensive statistics, you can get as nerded out as you can possibly, and you're around people who you're just as comfortable being around. And that's why I love it. The camaraderie is absolutely the best thing about Sabre. Yeah, I, I saw it in my brief time there, and then your night last night sounds great. All right, so that's a future Sabre topic for either um, a, an essay or, um, or, or, or leading a, a panel at a convention. 
trade deadline acquisitions that changed the team fundamentally. You know, I, I've given, uh, I've given you, right? I've, I've given you those two. I mean, when, when Scotty Pods came back to the White Sox in 2005, it, it was just, it completely changed, although he was just on a couch, so it wasn't even a deadline a- acquisition, but it completely changed the way that team played and felt about itself. You get Matt, we were seven and a half games out at the all-star break with the Blue Jays. I want to say 15 or 16. We made seven trades. We won the division and got to the LCFs. Sutcliffe with the Cubbies in 84. I mean, there are so many examples, but there's also a lot of examples of failures. This is where your staff, your scouts really shine biggest because two things happen. If you've got the players in the minor league system, you can make trades with anybody because everybody covets future talent because it's cheap. But the second thing is, if your staff has done a good job lining up the players, doing the background on makeup, figuring out where the puzzle fits, all of a sudden you can take a mediocre team and make it better, or you can take an elite team like Atlanta a few years ago, yes, and you can turn it into a world champion. To me, it's the most fun part of the baseball season, but most people aren't competent at it. And most fans, I think, have expectations that can't be realized. Yeah, well, it's that's why the Cubs are in such a weird place, because they've got some pieces that they probably won't be able to keep, so you're tempted to trade them and get something for them, but you're also in a winnable division, and you're probably a little better than your record. And mm-hmm. the, like you could argue that they could go either direction to try and buy and take advantage of this moment or sell and build for next year. Both make sense. Yeah, great call, Matt. And the bar's lower. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, Milwaukee aren't going to win more than around 84, 85 games, so it's not unattainable to win the division, which probably makes it a more complex decision for Jed and the baseball staff, simply because you you wonder how many of those remaining games we're capable of winning with our current club, what the addition of a pitcher position player would do. A lot of people talk about pitching, but I've always been of the opinion that guy only takes the ball once every five days. You maybe get 11 or 12 starts out. I mean, he has to pitch out of his mind to make up a lot of games. Position players, you're going to get two to 400 plate appearances. You know, as a result, those guys tend to change your club, Mm -hmm. but they also change your persona in the clubhouse, which sometimes is as important for a trade just because guys see somebody come in who's won before and they kind of strap onto his back and say, can you help us get there? Great, great stuff with Dan Evans. Could talk to you all day. Um, enjoyed, enjoyed all of it. Dan, um, congratulations on picking up Vlad Guerrero in baseball card form, if not human form. It feels just yeah, as important. For one deal, Matt. Bad deal, but good on my side. You know? <laughs> who who but, did you deal? Again, Matt, yeah, who, again, Matt for, the, for the Sabre group. Sabre would be a lot of fun. If you're a baseball fan listening to this wonderful show, really consider a membership, and you'll have a great time with us. SABR.org, recommended highly. Dan, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. You got it. That's Dan Evans, uh, former assistant GM with the White Sox, GM of the Dodgers, chief operating officer of the Field of Dreams site. You know what? That night sounds awesome. Just opening baseball cards. Talk about let's remember some guys. Oh, my God. And Danny, the passionate GM making terrible trades. What fun that was. Um, It's 670 The Score.
Cubs pregame at top of the hour. Did you see what Jamison Tyone did the other night? We'll play you uh, some highlights of it and discuss. And we'll also go around the league because it looks like same as it ever was out there in L.A. That's coming up next on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. There's a long fly ball, right center field. Outman goes back near the wall. That ball is gone. Shohei Otani delivers one more strike before the All-Star break. It is his 32nd home run. He extends his major league lead, and the Dodger lead is now 9-4. Going 433 feet, Shohei Otani. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Because Otani... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. He did something amazing, and the Angels lost because that's how it works. It's just it's it, it's what happens constantly, all the time, for the Angels. And we had a fun couple of uh, months there, where it seemed like maybe the Angels would make the playoffs. It seemed like oh boy. This is going to be the year in which Shohei Otani and Mike Trout get to play playoff games. That would be so cool. Yeah. But that's uh, not what happened. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah. No, it's just, you know, the Dodgers are rolling. They beat the Angels 10-5. to Shohei hits that absolutely ridiculous home run, his 32nd of the year. The other day, Friday, uh, Shohei got his 100th hit of the season. The last three seasons, he has had at least 100 hits and 100 pitching strikeouts. The last three years. That is the most of any player in the history of the game, unsurprisingly. There's another one. Every day. A brand new Shohei Otani stat, which says he is the greatest thing of all time. And it's the first time since anybody did this since, as the tweeter said, 
Tungsten Arm O'Doyle. In this case, he passed somebody named Adonis Terry of the 1887 and 1890 Major League Baseball League. That's who he passed, Adonis Terry. Didn't he play for Kansas? Was he a guard for Kansas? No, that was Adonis Jordan. Maybe he was a guard for Arizona. No, that was Jason Terry. Adonis Terry. Never heard of him. Not Not the bad guy from Creed, no? No, no, no. Rocky, what? No, no, no. no. And now I've heard of you because Shohei Otani has obliterated you from the record books. Just freaking outrageous. And as you look at the MLB standings right now, the Angels out there in the American League West are seven and a half back with three teams in front of them. In terms of the American League wild card, they trail Toronto, then Boston, then Minnesota, then Seattle for the third and final wild card spot. And they're not going to deal Otani. Um, and I understand why, but boy, it's going to be another empty year of having the greatest player in the history of the freaking game. Yeah, I said it. You can say it. You can say it. And it's just not, it's not wrong. I mean, you can argue about whether you want it to be right or not. The only argument you have is that he hasn't done it long enough. I get that. But I mean, what we're seeing is just absolutely uncharted territory. Right. It's like you you say that about player and it's usually hyperbole. It's literally not. It's not. It's not this time in the national league West. The Dodgers are charging 7-3 and three in their last 10. The run differential up to plus 76, 13 games over 500. They still trail the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 52-38, and 38, in part because of the incredible season of Corbin Carroll, which continued last night. Corbin Carroll's already in the batter's box. He's ready to go. Chance to win it here today. Down the line, and fair! It's in the corner, and the Diamondbacks walk it off. Corbin Carroll wins it. One in the eighth to tie and two in the tenth to win it. It's a 3-2 Diamondbacks win. Well, they were shut down all afternoon by an all-star starting pitcher. The game on the line against an all-star closer. And the rookie all-star comes through with a walk-off win. That's pretty cool. So Corbin Carroll uh, with the walk-off win for the Diamondbacks. And that guy is sixth in all of baseball in on-base plus slugging. He has 26 stolen bases and 18 home runs. Batting average of 292, a terrific base runner, a terrific defensive outfielder, signed to an extension, and you understand why. The runaway rookie of the year candidate in the National League and will be vying for National League most valuable player if this continues. He was injured this week. Looked like the shoulder was going to be a problem. But um, apparently he is okay. We'll step away here for on hit and run for a moment. But two things to bring you when we come back. One is uh, a bit of my podcast, the PBP, uh, with the great Dan Shulman that I want you to hear. Um, and another is an incredibly hilarious and adorable moment with our guys Pat and Ron and Zach on the radio broadcast as we lead into them doing pregame at the top of the hour here on six seventy The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Tyone, two years in a Yankee uniform, did good work, 22-11 with a 4.08 for 61 starts. And a foul tip held on to by Amaya, struck him out. No runs, a hit, and a man left, end of one. There's no score here in New York. Big ballpark in the Bronx. See ya. Outside corner, got him. 
And Bader retired. Second strikeout for Tyone. Sure do. Big slugger. Yeah, he went to Horace Man. Bader went too far, struck him out. And Tyone's gotten him twice. And Jamison Tyone has set down a dozen in a row. And a swing and a miss. Another strikeout. Tyone on a roll. And Donaldson here are the Boobirds. So that's Jamison Tyone from Friday night when he pitched eight shutout innings, allowed one hit at Yankee Stadium as a pitcher on the road. Four people have done that since 1990. Daniel Cabrera of the Orioles in 2006, Jamison Tyone, Bartolo Colon in the year 2000, in the year 2000, and Pedro Martinez in 1999. Pedro in 99 was about as good as any pitcher has ever been any season all time. And that's who Jamison Tyone joined the other night. You'll hear from Pat and Ron and Zach in a moment with something from yesterday's game at Yankee Stadium in advance of Cubs pregame, which comes your way at the top of the hour. But I've been doing this podcast, the play-by-play. It is the PBP, Voices of Baseball, and I absolutely love it. Um, next week, Joe Davis, who's doing the All-Star Game, will be the guest on the PBP. An incredible conversation with him that I'm looking forward to. And um, make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. This is the great Dan Schulman, who rose through the ranks to become the voice of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN and then quit National Baseball a couple years ago to go back to Toronto, his hometown, and do the Blue Jays games, which he's doing now for like 130 games a year. I loved talking to Dan, who has evolved as the game has evolved. He has evolved as a broadcaster, and we talked a bit about his process of doing play-by-play. I do have a number of windows open on my uh, on my laptop at the time. One of them is an outstanding tab called MLB Research. That is for uh, in-game broadcasters, basically. Mm. And it's usually maybe a pitch behind, but it's very easy for me to track. You know, if it says the sixth pitch of his uh, bat was a slider, and now I just saw another one that was a curveball or a changeup, whatever, it's pretty easy for me to you know, figure out how many have been thrown in that at bat. Um, like you said, the scoreboard at every ballpark keeps track of the total number of pitches that a pitcher has thrown, not that at bat, but the total number that he's thrown during a game. And if I'm on my game, the first thing I do when the game starts is remind myself, where is that? Like in Toronto, I know where everything is, obviously, because that's my home ballpark. But if we go to play, you know, the White Sox or the Mariners or the Twins, everything is different. And sometimes I forget and I'm like in the third inning going, where are the pitches? And I'm looking around because it'll always have ball strikes pitches somewhere. But, uh, you know, when I started, I didn't have a computer. There were no laptops. There was no Internet. The Internet was not a thing when I started. So, you know, now anything you can find in a ballpark, you can probably find on your computer just as quickly. What other tabs do you have open? MLB Research, Baseball Reference, Baseball Savant, Fan Graphs, Baseball Press, uh, which is a, a really useful one. Baseball Press has two uses for me. One is it's a good place to see when the lineups are uh, announced. You can get the lineup there. But then when the game starts, there's another tab called bullpen usage. And, for example, for the Blue Jays, so uh, you and I are talking on Monday. 
it would go Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, like back five days or something like that. And it would show the pitches each reliever has thrown over the last five days. So for Jordan Romano, I could easily see 13-0-0-12-0 or something and have a very good sense of how much he's worked recently. So um, those five, uh, and then I'll just have like a sixth generic tab open um, if I want to Google anything or Wikipedia anything or go to MILB, if I want to check something on the minor leagues or something like that, and then I try to close everything else. But I just sit here on my on my MacBook. Like if you stood behind me during a game, I think you'd be amazed, and, and I probably can't even imagine it because it's become second nature, like how much switching around and clicking and I, I'm doing on my computer to get from one place to the other. Like Nate Pearson comes in yesterday throwing 100, 101, and I'll go to Baseball Savant, click on the game, because there's an excellent way to see how his velocity today compares to his season-long velocity. You know, in, information is so important now, but I always said, you know, I'm trying to do it now. My, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, but I always said I'm trying to do a game, a broadcast that appeals to my dad and appeals to my son. And those are two very different broadcasts sometimes. So you always have to try to strike that balance, but it's a challenging thing to do. Yeah, so I'll give you a typical home game. Blue Jay home game starts at 7. I leave my house at 2.30, and depending on traffic, I'm there 3-ish if things go well. I like to be in the ballpark about 3.15. And Toronto's also one of those cities, I'm sure Chicago's the same. If you wait an extra five minutes to leave your house, it might cost you a half an hour on the highway. So 2.30 is when I try to be out the door, get there just after 3. The Blue Jay clubhouse opens to the media at 3.30. It's open 3.30 to 4.30. So if I get there, 305, 310, whatever, by that time, the lineup has usually been emailed to us, and it's not for publication, but they send it to uh, kind of the game announcers a little bit early just to give us some help with our scorecard because it takes us some time, or at least I can see the lineup. Um, go down to the clubhouse shortly after it opens at 3.30, and I, um, I, I use notes on my computer a lot, and I've got one that's just called Stories to Get. And I just keep a running file. If, if Kevin Kiermeyer did something unusual or interesting in the game before, I'll just say, ask Kiermeyer about the fifth inning play. And I'll remind myself of it as I get to the ballpark, go down to the clubhouse and just try to find the guys I'm trying to find. I might have a big list or a little list. Um, the Blue Jay manager, John Schneider, does his media availability for a home game at four o'clock. So I do 20, 30 minutes trying to find players or coaches, whatever I need go into the manager's office at four. That usually takes 15 minutes, 4.15. And then I might go out on the field and get more around the cage. I might go over to the visiting side if there's something I'm looking for. But usually by 4.30, 4.45, I'm back up in the booth. And that's when I do my scorecard, uh, which probably front to back takes me 45 minutes to an hour to put together. Uh, and about six o'clock, getting back to the game notes, I, I might not have done the game notes yet. So I do the game notes around six o'clock. We have um, a graphics meeting, if you want to call it that. So Buck and I are in the booth and looking at our monitors and our producer, Doug Walton, is down in the truck and he'll show us all the video elements, all the graphics that we're thinking of, go over the storylines for the day. Mm -hmm. And then at about 6.15, we tape our open. We normally tape our open. And then, you know, it's 6.20-ish, whatever. And so for the last half an hour, finish the game notes, uh, maybe grab a, you know, grab a Diet Coke or a coffee if one is handy. Might visit with the opposing announcers a little bit, trade some stories, th that kind of thing. Just kind of tie up loose ends in the last half an hour before a game starts.
That's Dan Schulman on the podcast, The PBP. So play by play, and you can find it by searching The PBP and Voices of Baseball as the subheading. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or on the Odyssey app where you might be listening to this show right now or anywhere you get your podcasts. And I, I just thought that was really useful stuff for anybody who has ever dreamed of doing that job and hopefully interesting stuff for anybody who enjoys listening to play-by-play broadcasters, as we all do. I love those moments when I get a chance to be part of the booth. And the Cubs booth has been incredibly warm and welcoming. That is Ron Coomer and Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman. And that is a great booth that will be coming your way again in a matter of moments. This is yesterday. I didn't hear this, but Tyler Buterbaugh heard it, told Sean Sears about it. He told me about it, and I want you to hear it. This is them discovering um, something on the scoreboard there at Yankee Stadium that has the acronym MVR, and I have no idea what that is. Now, Ron, I've been around the game a long time. On the scoreboard, they have runs, hits, and errors, Mm -hmm. and then they have MVR, and there's a total, and both teams have been guilty of MVR four times in the game. And you know where I'm going. I'm not really sure what MVR stands for. Mound visits remaining. Zach Zaidman, mound visits remaining. It's a new one for me. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Zach was... He was chomping at the bit, he, and, he, he, and he, he chomped. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he did. He so, appreciate it. I had no idea. Now, is that <laughs> now? Here's another question. I'll, I'll let you answer this one. No, Unless, I, hold on. Yeah, wait. First, ask, and then let me decide. Because I had, and I'm not a clue about the last one. So you were, you were. I in, was right with good. you. Good. Yeah, no, I, feel I was right better. with you. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll be honest. I feel better now. MVR. I, I, I was kind of quiet because I was like trying to make a joke out of it because I had no dang idea. <laughs> I've been looking at it and just coming up with, huh? <laughs> Bellinger gets the walk. A man at well, first, one away. We don't have that on our scoreboard at home, and I have not seen that before in other ballparks. And we don't need it either. Bingo. <laughs> MVR. How did you know that, Zach? Do, 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 do. You asked the same question last year when we visited Yankee Did Stadium. I really? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, that's been about 400 days. Yeah. Here's a pitch inside to Miguel Amaya. And in that all-important MVR, each team with four. Well, you know that professional guys on the bench, they know how yeah. many mound visits they've made and how many they have remaining. So as long as the guys in each dugout are aware of it, but for the fans in the stands, who cares? Yeah, it's not affecting um, their hot dog purchase at all. I promise you that. Okay, well, I feel better that you were also clueless about it. So that's why you're a great partner, Ron. We're both both clueless. (laughs) If that's not a compliment. It, it, it was meant to be. It was kind of a backhanded compliment. I, I, well, I got that part. Now it's 0-2. The pitch to Wisdom, and that's strike three call. The inning comes to an end. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. MVR, baby. Now we know. Until next time, when Pat asks Zach again. 
<laughs> They're coming up now. Cubs pregame coming your way on the score. Cubs and Yankees to finish off the first half. Tomorrow and all week, it's Parkins and Spiegel from 2 to 6. Thank you so much to my guests on the show today. Jim Deshays from the Marquee Sports Network and Dan Evans from Sabre and Field of Dreams. Enjoyed that very much. Great job, Sean Sears, as always. Have a great Sunday, everyone. Get out. Enjoy this beautiful Chicago Sunday. And thanks for listening to Hit and Run on 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.